I'm here with Ingelil Walrus Ritter, FAIA, a dean at Woodbury School of Architecture. She's an architect and educator specializing in the building envelope. Ingelil Walrus Ritter currently serves as dean of Woodbury School of Architecture, is director of, is it WUHO? That's correct. Okay, gallery, and co principal of the architecture forum, is it Wurroad? W Road. W Road. Okay. Elevated to fellow in 2018. She is the recipient of 2016 AIA California Council Educator Award, was honored in 2018 with the AIA LA Presidential Educator of the Year Award, and recognized by Design Intelligence as one of the nation's most admired educators in architecture and design in 2018. Welcome, Ingelil. Thank you, Michelle. It's nice to be here. Uh, thank you for agreeing to do the interview. And here are the questions. What are your first recollections of experiencing architecture? So I, I grew up in Finland, in Helsinki. Uh, so I have to say that was probably my first recollection and understanding that there was such a thing as an architect. So in Finland, a tiny country, less than 8 million people, Alvar Aalto is a hero. And so growing up and being able to go to places that had been designed by Alvar Aalto was pretty remarkable. And that, that's probably my yeah. first recollection. Yeah. When we moved to Los Angeles, I remember looking <laughs> for something similar that would inspire. And um, I, have, I have said this before, and I will say it again, it's slightly embarrassing, but in junior high, that, which is we moved here when I was about 14, I was okay. struck by um, the Bonaventure Hotel had just been built in Los Angeles. And that, <laughs> that really stood out for me as a building that was really different from all the other buildings around it. And it is to my day still, to this day, still one of my favorite buildings here in Los Angeles. When I, when I first went to um, Cal Poly Pomona in uh, 1984, like that's what everybody like, let's go to Los Angeles and see the Bonaventure. And I was like, why? What? <laughs> because, you know, it's just totally bizarre. And in my mind, like I was thinking, oh, okay, it's kind of this 70s thing or something, you know, or kind of like the spaceship. But, but, you know, I mean, of course, you know, you look, you look at things and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I mean, you can understand, you know, as you get older, you can understand the merits of a lot of different architecture and, and um, yeah. I've, yeah, it doesn't, I certainly, it doesn't work ur urbanistically and I certainly understand the drawbacks. I mean, lifting up these skywalks, taking, sucking away the energy from the street, I get it. But you walk into that atrium space or you sit in those pods and, you know, have a cocktail. And it really feels like a destination. You're, you know, you can go all the way up to the top and look out over the city. And I always take my visitors from out of town to Bonaventure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the elevators. I mean, the elevators, you know, by themselves are, yeah, are just sort of. Exactly. Um, I've been to Helsinki when I was, when I studied in Denmark. So I just, I mean, it's, that's quite the, that's quite a city to 
there's probably a marked con marked contrast between Helsinki and LA at the time because yeah. <laughs> so you can imagine as a 14 year old moving from Helsinki to the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> so it was from a very dense, you know, urban condition where I, we lived in an apartment and we walked to school and you know that was in another sort of urban building and yeah, yeah. the ocean so it's incredibly beautiful and then coming to the sprawling valley and I went to Van Nuys High School in Granada Hills High School. Oh wow yeah that's, that's my my German husband who always is always struck by the fact that schools in Los Angeles look like prisons with their chain link fence <laughs> and the concrete you know, tarmacs, and so it was a marked contrast, and I will, you know, that, that I will always carry with me the sort of this dichotomy between these two radically different environments. Yeah, I grew up in Pittsburgh, and then we moved to San Diego, you know, like after high school, and, and you know, and then to LA, and like a totally different, you know, I mean, right, in Pittsburgh, like people, you know, people don't drive, I mean, you know, they won't get their driver's license. And then I moved to the West Coast and like everybody's like drives everywhere. You know, you don't use public transportation. I mean, it, you know, it was like, it's different now, but it, in the, in the early eighties, that was what it was. <laughs> so, um, what are three classic buildings that you like and why? Oh my gosh. So, um, the, the, the I, I own and live in a dingbat. So um, and the dingbat is this funny vernacular typology that I think really beautifully symbolizes LA, sort of parking, living stacked on each other. You know, so I, I, I see these, you know, top 10 buildings in Los Angeles lists all the time. And Chris Hawthorne has a really great one where he took his mother-in-law um, and, they, they, and he had to think about in one day, traveling along the freeway what places would you go so i advise <laughs> to go look at it because it really you know had some really wonderful not just iconic buildings but a very thoughtful list that actually included a lot of things so but so i can't replicate that perfection um i would say los angeles olympics 1984 would be one of them and i was i had just moved here so this was um deborah sussman and Jerdy. i think it's a really yeah. los angeles blend of what it's a blend of design discipline so it's not conventional architecture but it's wayfinding and um, color and branding and logos and you know multiple venues all having to be knit together so mm -hmm. I think that's a really important building and project for Los Angeles there's still little bits of it you know that you can find throughout Los Angeles certainly yeah. when you go yeah. for example to the uh, to the uh, stadium over by USC yeah. yes I would Grand Central Market is another one, um, built in 1917. I think, you know, it, it really, truly, it's a sort of a melting pot within a melting pot, this sort of diverse culinary um, experience. And I think this sort of idea of the culinary experience is so Los Angeles that think about food trucks, um, you know, so, you know, think about architecture designed uh, restaurants. You know, I just think that there's a real wonderful um, marriage to be had between eating and being in these wonderful architectural spaces in this mm -hmm. city of art. So I would say that's num my number two. Um, and maybe m my number three would be, um, I, you know, I would, I would tout, we have the Julius Schulman Institute here, and I wouldn't be able to pick one, but this notion of the mid-century modern house and all those photographs that Julius took, took and that really put Southern California on the map 
for architecture. Yeah. And I think that they were really, you know, they were yeah. all about design innovation and it gave Southern California an iconic look and it, you know, that's still being replicated across the world. You know, we were in, uh, took students to New Zealand a couple of years ago, and I was struck by how they were still referring to the 1950s mid-century modern architecture in their, you know, single-family residential models. And I just yeah. thought that was super interesting that it's resonated for so long and such a powerful image for so many people. Yeah, yeah. So, so those would be my three. Okay. Um. What do you like about being an architect? Um, I like that every day is completely different. <laughs> you yeah. never know. The day. <laughs> and I think it's unique to the profession. And I think it's because we are asked to synthesize not just different strands of information, but different ways of thinking. So I think that that's what I like best about being an architect, that on certain days, I have to act like a you know true designer, you know, thinking up creative ideas. Other days, I have to act like an you know a studio coordinator. Sometimes in the classroom, but even also in our office. Mm -hmm. Now I'm I'm now teaching design, so there's a always an element of didactic sort of having to trans, yeah, translate and communicate ideas. Yeah. Sometimes I have to you know I'm going to the building department now. I have to a completely different mindset, a completely different vocabulary, completely different value system so you know communicating with contractors communicating with engineers communicating with clients i just love that aspect yeah. of architecture yeah yeah and, and so i would say that that's i i just get so you know enriched by thinking and i, and I feel like that's it, it's difficult to articulate and explain that to people in a way that i think that could really increase the value of what we do as architects and i vehemently believe that there are so many opportunities that architects could bring value to projects where we're not at the table and if there's a life goal of mine it would be to open up more doors and opportunities for architects to participate in these rich public conversations um yeah so i'll, I'll just leave yeah it yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think that we have a good way of thinking and coming up with multiple solutions to one problem. And um, I think that that's very valuable in a lot of different, um, you know, issues relating to um, housing or, you know, the, the built environment, but then other things that aren't so much the built environment, you know, that we could have, that we should be at the table you know, and policy making and a lot of other things where, um, you know, I mean, I know, you know, they talk about how, oh, architecture is going to be dead. And I'm like, really? I said, I think that like architecture, it's the, the design process can be um, carried out in a lot of different ways, you know, in, in, um, in, in the world without it being, you know, so much architecture, right? And building, you know, the process can be used in many different um, ways and yeah, so, so there was um chris i'm keep referring to him but chris hawthorne did an interview <laughs> with me when i took over as dean here at woodbury school of architecture and the the quote he used for the headline was architecture education will be the law degree of the 21st century <laughs> and it was funny having to explain you know people are like oh what did you mean by that um and what i meant by that is that you know that there was a time when everybody got a law degree, not necessarily to practice law, but to open doors for them. 
And, and that's exactly what I meant, that I feel like the education of an architect um, opens doors that we can't even begin to imagine. And mm -hmm. I think about, you know, startups or, you know, the tech industry or, you know, you know Amazon, Google, um, City Hall, uh, you yeah. know, there's, there's yeah. a lot of industries where the way that we think and the way that we learn and educate ourselves is, has so much value. And I think that we as a profession and certainly the AIA, and I'm very involved with the AIA, how do we communicate that? I think architects, we get it. We need to um, find a way, especially here in the United States, because I, I do think it's different in Europe, that, yes. um, but I do yeah. think that we need yeah. to find a way to explain exactly what you were saying, that we bring value beyond just the building. And mm -hmm. it's not valuing the building because believe me as an architect you know I, I'm a licensed architect I've built um, buildings but you know which is well, way hard enough but you know that kind of thinking can be then translated to so many other opportunities and and that's what I what I love about being an educator because I can help students imagine what are the opportunities open for you and you know whether it's entertainment whether it's you know, uh, uh, patenting ideas, whether it's going into, um, you know, specification writing or law or, or city hall and, you know, working for the bill, you know, so there's just this broad array of opportunities. Um, and it's so fun to be part of that journey with the, with all the students that come through here at Woodbury. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think the design process, I mean, this thing where we are, um, where we come up with one concept, you know, or many, you know, or many concepts. And we come up with the concept, then we have, you know, multiple solutions for a design and then constantly going over things and revising things as, as we move along until, and then finally, when, even if, even if it is a built, you know, a built space, you know, that built space, you know, is, is um, something that might be a little bit different from what the concept or even the additional things from all of the different factors that you see. And I think that that's kind of a good thing. I mean, I think that that design process is good for, for you know, a lot of it's, um, you know, a lot of students, they want this right or wrong answer for things yeah. all the time, you know, and, and design, and they kind of say, well, design isn't like that. You know, it's like, you're not going to come up with the right answer or the wrong answer for something you know i mean it, it might not work as well in the way that you're doing it but but it's still and, and it's this being able to like make a mistake and then you're still finding another solution for it and moving moving on in that process so right um so what would you like to say about the future of architecture um i feel like i just and let me just ex extrapolate a little bit that you know we um so here at Woodbury you know we just did a sort of internal strategic um plan and and we you know we we talk about you know we so in short we're envisioning the future of practice mm -hmm. I, what I like about that is that it does two things. Number one, it, I think it, it's, it, it's speculative. What, what are the changing roles that the architect will have in the future? And I think those roles are associated with different skill sets and different tool sets. And I'm happy to talk about those because my background is actually in technology. Okay. Um, but, so that's, that's one strand, that there's this sort of speculative, how can the architect's role change and it's in response to various other changes, but also 
continuing that conversation that we were just having, you know, being more involved in projects for which we're particularly well suited to address. Mm -hmm. But I think when we say that we're envisioning the future of practice, it's also reaffirming a commitment to practice itself. And I think that, you know, we all feel an obligation here at Woodbury. We're really, you know, our students are very, very um, accomplished and, and they are hitting the ground running when they leave Woodbury. And, and I think it's, you know, understanding that, that there is a, this is the existing condition in, the, in careers, whether it's interiors, architect, or real estate, those are the three disciplines in which that we're educating. Um, and so, you know, for example, in our real estate development program, over 60% of our alumni are building the projects that they're, they're dreaming of as students. So think about it, they're taking a one-year post-professional real estate development course and then they're building those projects and over 60% of them are building them. I mean, what, what more demonstration do you need of the, of the sort of, you know, the value of that education? Mm-hmm. Um, and same thing with our interior program, our students are, are going in and, and, you know, making incredible progress in terms of thinking about what uh, career in interiors might be. Um, and then, of course, our, inter- in, our IPAL program, which is the Integrated Path to Architecture Licensure Program, where our students, while their students are taking the exam. Um, and so, so this, getting back to this, the future of practice, and so that's sort of responding to your question. There's the speculative, where are we, where will, what is the changing role of the architect, but also a reaffirmation of the commitment to the practice of architecture, the professional practice of architecture. So is there anything else you'd like to say to wrap it up? I know we have the housing forum that's coming up. The yeah, moderator of the de- the design, the the uh, ideation. Is it ideation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's one more thing I wanted to say, and um, you know, we're a we're a majority minority institution, and this conversation is huge right now in architecture. It has to do with diversity, equity, inclusion, and you know, I'm a woman. Uh, as as I've said, I was in the technical background my you know background is in actually facades and so mm-hmm. you know I know what to be the only woman in a room is very lonely um, but my students are you know they're over 70% of them are, are minority students and and I, I I believe to the to my core that diversity is not simply a numbers game that it it will bring when our profession becomes more diverse it will take on more of these relevant issues that we were talking about earlier, that diversifying the profession will broaden the profession and um, not broaden it in a thinning way, but enrichen the conversation in terms of the types of projects that we can engage in, give us credibility in, you know, wading into these conversations um, and really sort of reaffirming the value of our profession. And we cannot do that until we take seriously this issue of equity and diversity. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think it's, you know, and it's hard to be the person that's that's saying on the committees, you know, um, I want to see more women. And it's it's hard to like, you know, it's hard in these things to say, I want to see more women. And then I just hear, well, you know, but we want them to be good designers. We want that. It's it's like, there's, still plenty of women there's still plenty of other things that are um 
that are in the profession that we can put on these different in these different lectures and these different forums. I mean, you know, I believe that I, I think the representation it really has to be. I mean, California, it's like we we're a diverse population, you know, and when you look at, at architecture right now, I don't think that that architecture so much um I mean, I think we're getting there. I mean, in California, I think it, you know, we're, we're probably much more diverse than in, in some of the other states. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think that the more that the architects become um, a representation of the population, I think that we're probably going to have, you know, some really, uh, you know, great future out there. Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I think those kind of comments that you were referring to before are frankly, you know, insulting. And um, you know, of course, design acumen and, and uh, capability is is shouldn't be compromised. And yeah, you know, <laughs> and this is the thing that, and this is what you learn as an educator that that the you know society is biased. That there are biases that are inherent. <laughs> every one of us carry carry them with us. Yes, yes. And part of yeah. educating people. You know, and that's what it means to be an educated person is to begin to question and to, 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 to wonder about those measuring sticks and to, and it's not diminishing, but it's en enriching and mm -hmm. um, a measuring stick, you know, just it, it, there's different ways of measuring things. And I think that, um, I think that that needs, it, people need to understand and realize that in a greater way. You know, I believe that good design is a human right. Um, and, yeah. and. I think that that's what we do as architects, that we, we have the power to change, to change, to use architecture and the design of the built environment to affect culture and society. And, mm -hmm. and that's where our, you know, the potential of what we do, you know, really becomes so, such a vital part of people's lives. And I think that that's the, that's the, that's the message that we architects just need to continue to hammer away, that we, we will improve, you know, the culture and society, those things will come with good architecture. Those other parts will, you know, be, the life will be better for everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not saying that we can cure, yes, not saying that we can cure all the ills of society with architecture, but I, you know, I mean, I think that we can, we can try to at least address certain issues. And, and I think be, you know, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, I, you know, my blog is I've never met a woman architect before. And then people are like, I've never met a woman architect before. And I said, yeah. And they're like, but aren't you a woman architect? I'm like, I know that's the joke, right? That like when I, when I meet people and I say I'm an architect, they say, oh, I've never met a woman architect before. And it, I, said, that's, I said, that's kind of the joke. I said, meanwhile, you know, it's like there's a ton of us out there, right? It's just like, we're just not always saying, hey, I'm an architect, you know? I mean, even... Right. I mean, I don't know how you are with your kids, but you know, like when I, when I had my kids in school, it's like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell people like what I did. And then I just started one day, I said, you know what, I'm just going to tell everybody that I am an architect, you know, like, I'm just going to put it out there. You know, it's like, yes, I'm an architect. They're like, wow. But I mean, even, you know, even in the store the other day, when I, I said that I was an architect and I kind of like, I laughed about this with, uh, with Marilyn, you know, and, and they were like, really? I thought, I thought, like, you seem, like, more outgoing. Like, I didn't think architects were outgoing, or I didn't think, you know. <laughs> so, yes, yes, we're out there, and, you know, there's a lot of, you know, 
there's there's many different types of architects that you know that we are and you know different colored hair different right everybody yeah. okay is there is there anything else no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay, well, Ingalil, um, it was nice talking with you, and um, I'll see you on March 29th in Newport yes. Beach. I look forward to it. Lovely. Yes, I look forward to it also. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.